Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that his younger brother? It's gonna be Jeff. The cream rise to the top for oh, you. Yeah. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. He sold separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Hey, welcome to episode 326 of the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today. My name is Jeff, and sitting alongside next to me is my real life brother, not storyline brother, Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. All right, Scott, what were you telling me about these starting lineups that were worth something? Yeah, so I joined a starting lineup group on Facebook. And look, a lot of them that we all have, the ones from basically post, I would say post 1990, a good chunk of them are going maybe for five bucks. But there's a handful from 87, 88, and 89 that go for quite a bit. Uh, for example, the Steve Young Niners 1989 figure, I think somebody had it up for like 230. It was anywhere from 230 to 280. And I was like, oh man, that's there's some decent coin in these things. And we started keeping them MOC in 88. So I'm about to bust open my starting lineup bins or our starting lineup bins and uh, see what goodies are out there. Was the Steve Young graded? No, not graded. It was in a protective case, but not graded. So time to get out those starting lineups. Maybe it's coming back. Maybe it's finally hitting. Oh, no, 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 definitely not. No, the old ones are basically due to scarcity because a lot of them were opened up or just disposed of. And then when they became hot... Obviously, on the market, they became more plentiful. People were keeping more of them MOC. So there's a lot of samples of MOC out there, right? So they're not going to go for as much. But those earlier ones, 87, 88, even the 89s, there's there's some value there, some big-time value, because some of the names were more scarce than the others. Obviously, Jordan was the most produced basketball figure. But then you could have another low-level name. They only made a few, what, a few thousand of them? Uh-huh. So the value is way up. And again, late 80s, but the ones from 90 on, not a lot of value in them. I mean, it's still decent, but but nothing too crazy. But I don't think it's making a comeback just yet. But I, you do see some values out there. So if you've got old starting lineups, it's worth taking a look to see what the values are right now. Sold on eBay. Check that out. You may have some money sitting there. What about the Shaq rookie figure? You know what? I haven't really priced that one out. I just joined the group about three or four days ago. And so obviously my timeline now is littered with starting lineup posts. Uh, It's funny. That original hockey set from 1993. Remember Grant Fear was like the super, super expensive figure. I think I paid 65 bucks for it in 1994. Uh And I think you can get them on eBay right now for like 30 bucks. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. The original, it was always the goalies that were more expensive because they were in shorter supply. But now it's, the value just isn't there like it used to be. It's funny on eBay too, you can see values ranging anywhere on that Fuhr figure, anywhere from like 30 to about 130. And it's a pretty wide range. None of them graded, some of them in protectors, some of them not. So it's really just kind of a crapshoot too and seeing, but really the sold values are what's going to tell you what your values are. But it's just kind of cool to go back and see people selling their loose ones, their carded ones that aren't worth much. 
just kind of neat to relive your childhood through your timeline on Facebook. I was curious about the Shaq figure because remember when you were talking about the lady at the Santa Clara toy show, I guess you could say. Yeah. Remember when you talked about her, I was wondering, you know, maybe she had that Shaq figure in that box. Remember the secret box? Yes. So I don't know. Do you remember the Penny Hardaway figure was going for quite a bit too? Yes. But I don't know what she had in that box. And again, if there were Jordans, there's value there for sure. But she had that 88 Jordan sitting for, uh, I think, what, 100? 125, and the card was yellowed. Uh, yeah, and I was seeing carded versions on eBay nowhere near that. So I I don't know what she thought she had or where she was getting that value from, but uh, <laughs> she got that 125. Good for her. But I don't know what was in that box. I, I don't know what she had. It was basically... These are expensive. There was a note on the box essentially stating these are expensive figures. Don't lowball me. I know what I've got. Don't ask unless you can afford it, essentially. Like, don't ask me to pick up this box and show you what I have unless you know what you're looking at. I'm actually curious, like, if that Shaq figure was in there because I know Dave was looking at a lot of the San Antonio Spur figures, like David Robinson, Tim Duncan type deal. Uh, yeah, I. Dude, I have no idea. I don't know what that Shaq figure is going for either. And it was neat when they were doing the two figures. Basically, like a Shaquille O'Neal, they do a jersey and then a warm-up suit. Uh-huh. I think that was in like 93, 94. I always loved when they did that, when they released the same figure, but just in different versions. And then the Rodman with the different colored hair. I guess the red one is the most expensive. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what I read. The red-haired Rodman is the most valuable. That's why when you go to shows sometimes and they have starting lineups out, usually it's like the green-haired Rodman that you see. Uh-huh. But apparently the red-haired version is the one that goes for the most. Ah, gotcha. Do you remember when they made Rodman in the Toy Biz figures? Of course. They also did one. I want to say it was OSFTM. It was a two-pack of Hogan and Rodman in their NWO gear. Uh-huh. I want to say it was OSFTM. I, don't quote me on that, but they were basically one-offs. They never did another figure in that scale, and it was just Hogan and Rodman on a two-pack. Of course we bought it, and I called the company that made them Got them on the phone and asked them, are you going to make more? Because that's what I would do back then. I called Hasbro to find out upcoming series. Uh, I called that company to see if they were going to be coming out with more. And they said, if there's a lot of interest, we'll make more of them. Well, they never released another figure in that scale. And it was basically posable at the arms, the legs, and I want to say the neck. Maybe at the waist, too. They're super cheesy looking figures, but they never made more of those. And I don't know why. But yeah, that was another Rodman. It wasn't Toy Biz, but that was another Rodman in the WCW toy figure line. I never knew you called the company. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in fact, we do you remember I used to work at Sport Mart, right? Right. So Sport Mart got those in because Rodman. Oh. Not because of wrestling, but because it had Rodman in it. The store got some in. That's how I saw them. I think I bought two of them. <laughs> Went and looked at the number on the back. Because I think the phone number for the company was on the back of the package. Uh-huh. Or I looked them up somehow or I called information. I called them from work. I went to the warehouse phone and called them on my shift. I was like, I need to know right now if you guys are making more of these. We are 326 episodes into this venture of the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. And that is the first time you've ever told that story. Oh, dude, I had no shame in calling. Remember, I called that toy store in like Fresno to find the Nasty Boys and got them shipped. I used to call Hasbro and they mailed me the packet that had black and white copy images of upcoming series. Yeah, I had no shame. I'd call them all, dude. Barbara three times a day over at Toys R Us and Hayward. I was a hustler on the phone, dude. <laughs> I was getting that information on these figures. You couldn't keep it from me. <laughs> now we have it at our fingertips, dude. 
Yeah, I should have opened a wrestling figure hotline back in the 90s. <laughs> I can't tell you what's coming up here, but... Oh, 976 figures. F-I-G-R. 976 figure. <laughs> oh, man. You would get some creepers calling that line, right? 250 a minute. <laughs> if anybody would like to get any of our shirts head on over to pro wrestling tees or whatamaneuver.net you can follow us on twitter youtube snapchat and the book of faces at fully opposable instagram fully opposable wfp you can go back and listen to any of our past podcast of course on podbean stitcher itunes iHeartRadio, and spotify and google play and anywhere else just do a google search and write and review on itunes and leave a review thank you and buy a shirt please and thank you. But uh, by the way, do you want to just start going off on the listeners to buy a shirt like you do on Drunk Wrestling History? No, that's that's that show's shtick. <laughs> Dude, you you cut promos on your guys' listeners. It's gonna be weekly now. As I'm guessing it is, dude. You've cut promos like every week since SummerSlam. Yeah, well, you know, when you're driving to Eddie's house, the gas isn't cheap. And then when you get to Eddie's house, you gotta bring a bottle of something. Alcohol's not cheap. <laughs> buy a shirt. Support, buy a shirt. What a maneuver.net. <laughs> and also because if we get the more expensive version of Podbean, our episodes won't start falling off. You guys haven't gone that route, huh? No, we've got the cheaper version. We po folk. So, <laughs> you know, we got to have the cheaper version. But if the listeners support, we get the more expensive version of Podbean. You can go back and listen to that horrible Tuesday in Texas episode. What made it horrible? <laughs> Eddie was hammered. <laughs> that- I think he was ready to call it a night after like one match. <laughs> He was like, well, that's that, well, that's about it for that show. And I'm like, no, dude, there's like three more matches. <laughs> and after every match, he was like, well, that's about it for that show. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. And he was so drunk that first set of recordings. It was great. Oh, that's hilarious. Dude, uh, we didn't you- even talk about Gilbert yet. Well, hold on one sec. You guys can send us any audio questions, questions, or anything else at all. Send it on over to fullypuzzlewfp at gmail.com. Scott, before we get into Gilbert... I do want to say, I actually am calling myself on this omission. Last week, I was talking about everybody I hung out with, like Steve and Ray and all that stuff. You know, I left out Soda Hunter, and I felt horrible when I went back and listened to the show, as well as I should. Right, Scott? Absolutely. Soda, I'm on your side, dude. He's a jerk. I am a jerk. I I am a complete and utter prick. But just know that nobody beats himself up more than Jeff does. That's true. That's actually true. I'm sure he's having trouble sleeping because he forgot to mention it last week. And that's not being sarcastic. That's the God's honest truth. Yeah. I do this about everything else but work. Like somebody yells at me at work or anything. (laughs) I sleep peacefully at night. Yeah. It's water off my back. I don't care. But if I forget to mention someone that I hung out with in Dallas, like Soda Hunter, I do feel horrible. I wake up and I'm like, I got to put that in notes. I have to make sure that goes in the notes. But God's honest truth. That's a fact. It was so good to see Soda, dude. Uh, before Mania started on night one, Steve and I actually kicked it with Soda. And just talking about everything, you know, unfortunately, this happened to numerous people. And I heard from numerous people about them getting upcharged at WrestleCon. Yeah. We talked we talked about it last week, but it was a common theme. A lot of people did get upcharged. And we talked about it at nauseum last week. I do thank you, everybody that reached out and started Hey, yeah, I got upcharged by Brutus. Hey, yeah, I had to pay through the nose for certain guys. So, it happened to Soda, too? I did, yep. Yeah, that just sucks. But no, look, Soda's doing great. I love it when good things happen to good people. Soda is great people, he and his family. And uh, he's doing awesome. I'm so happy to see it. Yep, and I saw his wife, and she's a trooper, man. Saturday at WrestleCon was just a mess. 
an utter <laughs> mess. And uh, she was a trooper, man. She, or sorry, Friday, I apologize. Uh, and she stuck through it and they got all the autographs that Soda brought. And Soda was like, what the hell did I do? And then, <laughs> yeah, but he had a smile ear to ear, didn't he? Uh, he sure did, dude. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> so anyways, and then last week also, I made a huge, huge mistake. Huge? So I was trying to wrap up the show quick so we could get you out of here. And I forgot to mention Justin Summers over at Wrestling Cheers in the roll call. That's my fault. That's my fault. I had somewhere to be. And I was like, dude, we need to wrap up the show. I told you beforehand. That's my fault. Jeff was rushing. I take full responsibility for that one. My apologies, Justin. Yeah, it's your fault, you jerk. (laughs) Let's not get carried away. I hope you can't sleep at night. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a good thing because I have tomorrow off work, so... (laughs) <laughs> I'll lose sleep tonight, but I'll make it up tomorrow. Um, yes, Gilbert Godfrey passed away this past week. The comedy world's just taken a big hit. I mean, between Norm, Saget, and Gilbert Godfrey, man, this one's been rough for the past few months. Yeah, not to mention Louis Anderson as well. There was a photo uh, floating around out there of Bob Saget, Louis Anderson, and Gilbert all in one photo. I don't know how long ago it was taken, but man, there's three legends gone. And yeah, I mean, Gilbert was such a big part of a lot of people's childhoods. I mean, if anything, just from the movie Aladdin. Yeah. Gilbert is so quick. His laugh is infectious. Just seeing it on screen without even hearing the laugh. And you know exactly what that laugh is without even hearing it and just seeing him laugh. It's so infectious. Amazing, amazing comic. Just incredible timing. And man, like you said, Jeff, another legend in the comedy world lost and it sucks. Yeah, it really does, dude. All these guys that I grew up with watching as far as comedy. Well, I didn't really grow up with Saget. I grew up with him on Full House, not knowing his comedy routine. Uh, Right. But dude, America's Funniest Home Videos. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you grew up with that as well. So you absolutely grew up with Saget. Oh, yeah. But like his comedy, I had no idea the uh, route that he goes. (laughs) Yeah, his stand up. Yes. Yes. And I don't know if you remember, but we saw him at San Jose Improv. We did? We did. I totally don't even remember that. Ah, that was a good show. It was 2006, 2007. I was probably hammered. I think you were, dude. I think you were. <laughs> it's a safe bet. 06? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I remember very little of that. <laughs> I loved Saget. I love Norm. Norm was one of my favorites. And now losing Gilbert, man. But that's... What happens, man? I mean, we lost Hedberg at such a young age. That one that one still sticks with me, man. Oh, yeah. No, he totally was. He totally was. And you've told the story about him on this show numerous times. And he was great. He was great. But it just, it's, you know, you're losing another piece of your childhood here. And you can honor him by going to watch Problem Child or Aladdin, any of the stuff he was in. Ford Fairlane, if you really want to do a deep dive there. He was great in Ford Fairlane. With Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> yes <laughs> yes i tried watching that with shannon when we first started going out i was really testing the waters like okay <laughs> what can we get away with here <laughs> to her credit she sat through the entire movie and was like yeah if i never see that again i'd be okay with it <laughs> <laughs> the best part was is when they were falling off the capitol building or the um Capitol Records building in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's spinning and for uh, Andrew Dice Clay's all, my hair, my hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. That's Wayne so Newton's cool. in it. Uh, Lisa Marie Presley's in it. Andrew Dice Clay, Gilbert Gottfried. Great movie. Vince Neil. Al Bundy. Oh, that's right. Al Bundy was in it. 
Yep. The great Ed O'Neill's in it. He plays the police chief and he's fantastic in it. He's exactly what you'd expect. I swear, we're a wrestling figure podcast. I swear, not a starting lineup or comedy podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't know it by listening to the opening segment, but we really are a wrestling figure podcast. All right. We're going to stick with wrestling figures. Scott, I'm going to play a quick game with you. Uh-oh. It's called Overrated or Underrated. Okay. Okay. WCW Galoobs, overrated or underrated? Underrated. Highly underrated, especially when you start to get into the later ones. Because you see, and I'm, I would say the same thing about the Remco figures. You start to see where they were heading because you look at those unreleased prototypes, the painted ones. Uh huh. They were incredible. Dude, who would be excited about a PN News figure? <laughs> I would be. That's who. When you look at that unreleased prototype, it's incredible. The Freebirds in their robes, a diamond stud. Yes, please. You see where they were going with it. And you get excited. And then you remember, oh, crap. Galoob went away. We never actually got those figures. Ricky Morton. Right? Right. Got a, and maybe a Robert Gibson at some point. You would have had Rock and Roll Express. Galoob is highly, highly underrated. I loved it. And every figure came with a belt. They could have done something a little bit different with some of the belts. So there was some differentiation in them. But whatever. I love Galoob's. Highly, highly underrated. Same for Remco's. Just Toys Bendem, overrated, underrated. Mm. I'm going to say underrated, but recently I think that they're getting the right amount of appreciation because they seem to have gone up in value significantly over the last three or four years. And I think that's where they should be. Of course, some of the, the mass produced ones, like your first three, four, five series, whatever, they're kind of common, so to speak. But your later series ones that really started to die down in volume, those are getting some pretty pennies out there. And I I highly appreciate the Just Toys Bendems because as I've said many times where people started to pitch up, pick up their pitchforks and torches, you could put them with your Hasbros, you could put them with your Galoobs, and suddenly you're starting to have dream matches because you finally got your Diesel, you finally got your American Lex Luger, Right, And you could start to put them in the ring with those guys and start to have some dream matches. It was a nice filler, I thought, in between Jax and Hasbro. So, Just Toys Bendems, now we're getting the right amount of appreciation. Six years ago when we first started this show, almost six and a half years ago, underrated. Okay. Jax Deluxe Classic, underrated, overrated. You went on a buying spree on those a couple of years ago. Yep. And you were paying some decent amounts for those. Yep. I I don't really hear a lot of people talking about them. It, obviously, it's kind of the step cousin to the classic superstars line, mm-hmm. which gets a ton of love, especially from us. So with that said, I'm going to say underrated. You just You don't hear enough about them, but from what you were paying for them, I think the value is there. But still, at the end of the day, those are some fantastic figures. The DiBiase, for example. Yes. A uh, stud in blue t- in blue tights. What? That was great. That was a deep dive, and I loved it. I'm here for that. Um, I'm going to go underrated on the deluxe classic superstars. Those are great-looking figures. Okay, San Diego Comic-Con, Macho Man Slim Jim, and why is it overrated? <laughs> I hate you. I hate- <laughs> Security! Security, have this man thrown out of here immediately. 
I had to throw that one in. I just thought Hot I'd enough. do a quick. I thought I'd just do a quick little filler of overrated, underrated. Hmm. Okay. I like it. I like you. Obviously, knew I was going to say Remco's underrated. Even with the insane values now, I still think that line's underrated. Oh, 100%. It's underrated, dude. And a lot of people are going to be like, oh, you know, they basically had the same bodies. You know, they only had two different types of bodies or three different types of bodies, you know, but they were still great. The cloth goods, the two packs, the three packs, got the Road Warriors. I mean, dude, highly they had title belts. Title belts, highly underrated. The line as a whole, right? You're taking all of the components into consideration. They gave you a standard ring. Then they also gave you a caged ring. Then they also, as you mentioned, Jeff, gave you two packs, three packs, two packs that came with a VHS cassette. Great call. They gave you the figure belt. They gave you a belt that you could put figures on. They gave you the mini mashers. So that line as a whole was outstanding. As you said, two or three different body types. But when you change out the head... And when you make it tights versus trunks, you differentiate the colors on the boots. You have soft goods for pants or jackets or robes or headbands, hats on the long riders, sunglasses, you name it. They had it. That line as a whole, highly, highly underrated. Even now with the insane values, I'm going to, dude, I'll go to my deathbed. You can put it on my tombstone. Remco's are underrated. Underrated. Okay. Love love the Remco line. And one day I would love to complete the set. I've always got my eyes peeled for a deal, but I doubt I'm going to find it anytime soon, but got to get that Matt Mania set. Got the rockers or the midnight rockers. Need everybody else. All right. Yeah. I, I thought that'd be fun to do overrated, underrated. I'm trying to think of other things that you might think that were overrated, underrated. Well, what about the, um, the Galoobs in your mind? Do you think that they're underrated? No, I think they're right where they should be. I love the figures. They're little mini LJNs. Yes. They're so good. And they're like the perfect to me scale. And I guess growing up with LJNs and then just shrinking them down, like I had so much fun with the Galoobs because I was already used to playing with LJNs being one solid position or one solid. um, There was one stance. That was it. One pose. One pose. Thank you. So I was already used to playing with LJNs. And when they shrunk them down and made WCW guys, like I was using Tom Zink. This is awesome. I'm using Brian Pillman. This is great. I'm using Sid, who was in a great pose to do a lot of moves. I loved it, dude. I love the Galoobs. I think they're right where they should be. Okay. But considering, okay, so you're talking about the figures. What about the line as a whole? Because they had uh, 10 inch figures, right? They had a ring that had a cage. Correct. They They're, had a, a talking two-pack with the Freebirds. Correct. They had the sound module. They had individually carded figures. They had tag team packs. I, I, If I'm not mistaken, I think you said there was so much more they could have done with it. Oh, totally. Yeah. The, uh, sky's the limit, right? But it was that first series and the distribution that ultimately killed Galoob, unfortunately. But right. you start to see where they were going with that line. And the figures looked great. The sculpts were incredible. It's just too bad. And do you think, because remember, they were going to be something else, but it was too close to what Hasbro was doing. So they had to scrap that and basically go to statues. Right. Do you think the line would have done better if it was something closer to what Hasbro was doing? Um, 
Ooh, that's a great question. I don't know because WWF at the time had the WWF marketing machine behind it. Right. WCW wasn't, they were big, but they didn't have that marketing machine behind them. I don't know if they would have done as well if they would have just gone in the same articulation or whatever movements or whatnot. I think distribution, if it was the same for them, it would have died the same death. You think so, huh? I really think so. The figures, because the Galoob figures were great as they were. Mm-hmm. Whether you have articulated ones or statues, essentially it's the same thing. Distribution is going to kill it no matter what. So honestly, I think if it's the same distribution model that Galoob had, they're dead in the water no matter what figures they're putting out. And that sucks because there was a lot of potential there for WCW to have a great figure line that could have gone as long as Hasbro. But unfortunately, just they didn't have it. And even the OSFTMs weren't heavily marketed. The ones that came out later that were closer to the LJNs in terms of size. Right. Even that one didn't seem to have a ton of commercials or a huge push behind them. And gosh, they had Hogan and Savage and all these names. And they just, I don't know, man. They just never got behind it. And I don't know why. It could be also that wrestling was in a low period at that time. Yeah. So those came out in like 94. Yeah. And I think they ran through what? 97, 98 is when they really started to kind of die off. Right. It was that heels series, the faces and heels that came out later, that Luger, yep. right? That Luger and the heels set. That's really good. Um, I think he was 97 or 98. Never even saw that figure. And man, what a weird history WCW had with wrestling figures. They started out so well with the Galoobs. And then they come out with the vibrating figures and you're like, huh? the hell is this? <laughs> and then the OSFTMs were great, right? They were closer to what the LJNs were, but they didn't have a huge marketing machine behind them. You look at what WWF did with LJN. You're like, why isn't WCW doing the same thing with their figures here? There's a huge potential. Right. They could make hundreds of these and they could sell them for years. Even the Toy Biz line. Right? I don't recall seeing a ton of commercials for the Toy Biz line. But the, oh, I, I, you know what? I will take that back because I didn't watch Nitro a lot, so I don't know. But I don't remember seeing a lot of, co- of toy commercials for the Toy Biz line. Well, I think there was also a lot of money left on the table with NWA. Oh, for sure. Yes. If they would have marketed the NWA figures. But they wanted to be different. Well, I oh, I know. But like what I'm saying is, is if they would have put out figures in 86, 87, or 88, just even ran three or four series with NWA. Yes. Put out Barry Windham, put out Tully Blanchard, put out Arn Anderson, Rock and Roll Express, so on and so on. Those figures would be coveted today. I agree. I think it's it's too bad Remco didn't see the AWA dying and didn't True. try to jump over to the NWA. Because you start to think that line ended in about 86, 87. Around there, yeah. Had they jumped to the NWA, the amount of names that they could have made, Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert, a super young Sting, as you said, the Four Horsemen, and that would have been with Ole and then Lex. Mm-hmm. Dusty, they could have done a Magnum tribute figure, a Wahoo McDaniel, a Manny Fernandez. Oh, man, a, a fabulous Freebirds again. Because <laughs> we already got one three-pack and give us another one. Because remember, the UWF had merged with the NWA in about 87. Yep. So we would have gotten a Big Bubba Rogers. They maybe would have made a UWF title belt. A yep. Terry Taylor. 
Oh, dude. Hell yeah. Nikita Koloff. I mean, the list goes on and on. It, the Midnight Express. The Mulkies. Yeah, the list. The Mulkies, yes. I would have <laughs> loved to see Mulkies figures. They could have done the Road Warriors again. They could have done the Rock and Roll Express. The names just keep coming. And to think if Remco had just jumped ship away from the AWA, which was basically dead by, what, 90? I wish Remco could have seen it and jumped ship over to the NWA and been like, hey, we've already got these molds. We can sculpt heads. Just give us a list of names you want for two or three series, and we'll just start making figures. Let's see what happens. You know you and I would have been all over those. Oh, dude, in a heartbeat. Yeah, it just it sucks, man, because this goes back to the Remco's being underrated. If they had a shot at the NWA line, oh my goodness. Could you imagine a scaffold playset? Oh, dude, don't even get me started. I would be all over that. We would have lost our minds with that. I mean, we went bonkers for a blue cage. We would have gone bonkers yes. for a scaffold. Yes, and you can guarantee they would have made a cage ring. But given the success of the scaffold, man, now you go back and watch them now and you're like, oh, man, these are pretty awful. But a, a scaffold playset in 1987, even 1988, would have sold a million units. Guaranteed, kids would have been snatching that thing up left and right. It would have been like Cabbage Patch Kids. It would have been insane. People would have been fighting in the aisles. I would punch you over a scaffold set, dude. No, actually, I'd, I'd punch another dude holding the last one. I wouldn't punch you. <laughs> dude, another fight at Toys R Us, like the Shaquille O'Neal figure when we walked in that one day. Yes, exactly. There was blood still on the floor. <laughs> Not really, but it was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, we'll just get right into the news because we have talked quite a bit about overrated, underrated, and then went into a tangent about why Remco didn't get NWA license. But anyways... And let's not forget Gilbert Gottfried and starting lineups. And starting lineups, yes. But uh, this is a wrestling figure show. We promise. Wait, <laughs> we promise, I think. You can trust us. By the way, do you want to do the Aquanet Minute? I don't even have it. We didn't do it last week. I don't even have an album. Okay. You want uh, me to just pull one out of the air? Okay, let's do i uh, I'm going to throw out an album to you. Let's do Far Beyond Driven Pantera. Well, it's not really hair metal, dude. I don't care. Okay. So I have a Pantera tattoo. So you can see where this is going already. Actually, I have two Pantera tattoos. So Pantera is probably my second favorite band of all time. Right behind Kiss. I saw Pantera four times. And I love that band. Far Beyond Driven is an incredible album. It was their second one. Correct, Jeff? Fact check me, please. Because Cowboys from Hell would have been their first. Then Far Beyond Driven, then Great Southern Trend Kill. Uh, You forgot Vulgar. Oh, Virgil, okay. That was the second. Yes. And then Far Beyond, yeah. And then Far, okay. So this was a third album. It's, it's amazing. Like Pantera just had that different sound coming out of the hair metal era because Cowboys from Hell was 1990, I believe. And then Vulgar Display would have been 92. Far Beyond Driven would have been 94. That's all off the top of my head. I could be a year or two off. Cowboys from Hell released Jan- excuse me, July 24th, 1990. Okay, so it was 90. Wow, really? Uh, dude, very good. Vulgar Display of Power released February 25th, Grandma's Birthday, 1992. Okay, 92, yep. Far Beyond Driven released March 22nd, 1994. It was 94, okay. And then Southern Trend Kill was 96. Very good. Although there were some albums before. It was like Metal Magic, Projects in the Jungle. So they were like a hair metal band before they became 
like the thrash specialists that they ultimately became. They were a hair metal band. Their logo was different. They all had the teased up hair. It looked like Bon Jovi light. It was great. Um, Dime, R.I.P. Best guitarist of all time, if not top three. Oh, easily, dude. Vinny, amazing drummer. The album itself, look, if you want something that you can throw on at the gym and just start throwing weight around, put that album on. It's so good. So here's the track listing. Strength Beyond Strength. Oh, God. What a great opener, too. Like, right out of the gate, just boom, smash you in the mouth. Becoming. Classic. Five Minutes Alone, one of my favorite videos as far as like visual videos. Um, the stuff they did with guitars and just how they made the strings. Be- oh, dude, such a great video. It was like they put the camera at the top of the guitar. Yep. And had it facing down so you could see the strings and then you see Dime playing it. Oh, my God. Yep. So good. And five Minutes Alone is like a, a metal anthem. Uh, I'm Broken, One, uh, just another anthem. A classic, yeah. Dude, these first four songs is like, okay, well, this album's amazing. <laughs> yeah, like you're putting together a Pantera Greatest Hits essentially right now. Yeah. Uh, good Friends and a Bottle of Pills, meh. Yeah, it's okay. Hard, yeah. hard Lines, Sunken Cheeks, Slaughtered, 25 Years, Shedding Skin. Shedding Skin's a great- Incredible. Like a, especially for a song that's on the back end of an album. Yes, yes. So the front side is just like, bam, bam, bam. Second side is kind of slow to get started. But yeah, then you hit Shedding Skin and you're like, okay. This is a uh, solid ending right here. <laughs> a song title called Use My Third Arm. Throws <laughs> throws of Rejection. And then they end it with Planet Caravan, Black Sabbath cover. So Planet Caravan holds very, very special meaning to me. I love that song. It's just, it's the last song on the album. And as we said, it just comes out of the gate, just punching you right in the face. Slows down a little bit on the second side, but then really picks up and starts to amp you up again. And then they hit you with Planet Caravan, which is just, it's just, I don't want to say that you're enjoying an herb, but you're just chilling. It's slow. It's so good. Shannon and I used it as our music as guests were being seated at our wedding. Oh yeah, that's right. It's what was playing in the background as nice. guests were, and nobody even noticed it. I think maybe some of the groomsmen did. Yeah. They're like, dude, is that Planet Caravan? Yes, it is. Because of course it is. <laughs> Me with my Pantera tattoo. Of course it is. So that song holds very, very special meaning to me. But yeah, if you want something you can throw on at the gym, man, anything by Pantera is going to get you through that workout and you'll be doing record weights. PRs. PRs. That's what the kids are calling it. PRs. Personal records. Or like, or like that uh, that Slayer album. Hella weights. <laughs> I swear we're a wrestling figure podcast. We really are. <laughs> all right let's just jump in the news so we can get it back on topic well hey the... we were playing with hasbros to that album so there you go or i should say opening hasbros to that album uh i think we were playing video games more to that album than we were hasbros well the hasbros were in the room for sure uh, oh definitely yeah because we always left them in the, either the spare bedroom or my room yep and we had the blue and the yellow ring yep. sitting right there stocked yep. to the gills with loose figures Absolutely. All right, let's move over to wrestling figures. Let's get into the news. Batista 
Ultimate is popping up at Target's. Some people were complaining about street dates of being September 9th. If you get manager's assistance, there is a way to get around that. But I have seen that many people are starting to get around that no matter what. So Batista Ultimate is popping up at Targets. That's the one with the WrestleMania 21 contract, multiple heads, red packaging, red ultimate packaging, I should say. Check it out at your Targets. And shocker of all shocker, scalpers are already trying to get 65 to $70 per Batista figure, screw them, go find them, get on your hands and knees, beg if you have to, to get them to sell them to you. If they won't do what you can, but good luck guys. And Jeff, from what I understand, junk shop dog is very close to putting up the road warriors for pre-order. Oh boy. Yep. I am so ready. They had pictures of Hawk on their Facebook story the other day. And I was so hoping they're like pre-orders are live. Go get them now. Unfortunately, not quite yet. We're almost there, though. Cannot wait for those. I know, dude. I'm just waiting for it, and I'm hoping they give me a little bit more time to recover from Dallas, but I'll be all (laughs) over it. (laughs) Yes, for sure. Absolutely. Scott, we need to jump into the nostalgia segment. What do you say? Let's do it. Before we get into WWE Elite Series 50, we want everybody to head on over to WrestlingFigureDatabase.com. Over there, you can find almost every figure ever made over there. Wrestling Figure Database. We want you to follow along while Scott reads off this list. Head on over to the WWE section. Head over to the Elite section. Head over to the WWE Main Elite Line section. Look for Series 50 and follow along. As Scott reads off this list, so you get a visual of the figures. Again, WrestlingFigureDatabase.com. Scott, what you got for WWE Elite Series 50? Yes, sir. Mattel, WWE Elite Series 50 consisted of Baron Corbin. This is before he was Happy Corbin. This is Long Hair Grumpy Corbin, and he comes with a Polly Pocket style jacket. Next up, John Cena. He was wearing his black jorts and black sneakers. The sneakers had yellow bottoms and yellow laces. He came with dog tags and a hustle, loyalty, respect shirt and hat. Rhino, first time in the line, was in his black singlet with blue accent and writing. Came with the blue SmackDown title. Oh, that's it? Yes, I got you again. So I'm going to have to make smaller font on my notes (laughs) so that they encompass one page instead of multiple. Because I can see this being a running trend with you. (laughs) (laughs) that's like when somebody says you have something on your shirt and you flick them in the nose anyways yes or they tap you on one shoulder and go around and you look that way yeah yeah you know second grade stuff yeah you're a regular benny hill dude well done (laughs) shane mcmahon in his wrestlemania 32 look white shane o'mac jersey black pants came with a breakaway announcer table and monitors stephanie mcmahon also in her wrestlemania 32 look Came with the mask, jacket, and a snarl on her face. Last but certainly not least, first time in the line, Warlord. This would be Warlord from his singles run, not his Powers of Pain run. Half silver mask, a trident, like what brick through an anchor man. <laughs> well done, Jeff. Thank you. That's actually on the notes. <laughs> I killed a guy with a trident. Yeah, we got to talk to you about that, Brick. And a chest plate with the chains and Jeff. That rounds out Elite Series 50. 
All right, spoiler alert. I don't have any of these signs, so I won't even ask you, Scott. But what is your favorite figure out of the series? It's got to be Warlord. I wasn't a fan, a huge fan of his singles run, but he looked badass. And Mattel captured that and made a badass looking Warlord singles run figure. I'm going Warlord. But again, a good Cena. They just, they were really hitting all the Cenas here. They were all pretty much cookie cutter at this point, but they were all good. They captured, as The Rock called them, as Fruity Pebbles looks. We were always kind of changing colors, but Mattel got them good again. But favorite figure out of this set, definitely Warlord and not Thick Thigh Rhino. I have to agree with you, Warlord, my favorite figure. Now, what I should ask you, and I could go back and pull the audio from our episode where we talked about the series so I don't remember, but do you like this warlord better than the Hasbro? Ooh, man. That's not a fair question to ask me in particular because you know which way I always skew. I always skew to the nostalgia side, but I'm going to say they're equals. I'm going to say they're equal. Now, it's different, right? Because Mattel was able to do accessories. They were able to have removable gear, Whereas Hasbro, everything was molded on for obvious reasons. They couldn't give him a bunch of different accessories like the mask and the shoulder pads. He should have come with a trident. So maybe that is the spot where Mattel has a leg up on Hasbro. But all things considered, I'm going to go equals. That is so PC, dude. Okay, fine. Then Mattel gets one slight notch edge because of the trident. Hasbro was known for accessories. They had some great accessories. They should have put the Trident with Warlord. I don't know why they didn't. They should have. So let's give Mattel the edge there. This is like everybody gets a trophy. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I, 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 shouldn't, I shouldn't run the, the middle all the time. It's hard, though. You're making me go against Hasbro. It's not fair. I actually like both figures. I can't choose between the two. Well, but you, the removable accessories, I think... It puts right, it over. The, You're right. Yeah. And the inclusion of the Trident. I think if Hasbro had a Trident, I would be middle of the road here. You know what? One figure that's underrated in this series, it's the Baron Corbin. It is underrated. It really captures that particular era, Baron Corbin, really well. Dude, you didn't even give me time to guess. <laughs> Anyways, Baron Corbin. <laughs> Thank you, Mitch. Thank you. Uh, Baron Corbin's figure I, is so underrated to me. I love the colorful tattoos on him. Yes. The hair. I know Corbin had that greasy look hair, but they captured it. I actually love that Baron Corbin figure and so underrated. They really got a skullet, didn't they? Is it a skullet? It is. He was balding. He was balding and it was a skull. It looked cool, but he looks way better bald. I think this whole series is underrated. They got WrestleMania 32 looks, Shane and Stephanie. Rhino looks good. Very underrated series. I'm not a fan of the Rhino. He's easily my least favorite out of this entire series. But I agree with you, Jeff. Very, very, in an episode of over and underrated, very underrated series. Did you find these everywhere, by the way? Yeah, these were plentiful. I could have had Warlord numerous times. Uh, Never did get him. Again, not a big fan of a singles run. Right. And I have to be, I'm on a very, very strict budget. So especially back then. So I had to be very selective about which ones I got. Not being a big fan of his singles run, I passed. Had it been a power of pain, Warlord, no brainer. Let's run down the eBay listing. Baron Corbin with that jacket, skullet, 
and colorful tattoos last sold eBay listing January 25th for $7.50 on 17 bids. Wait, wait. Is that the new low? Wait, did I write it down? Wasn't it $8? I can't find my list. I thought I had it written down, but I think it is the new low because wasn't Mizdow 8? I thought he was 8. Wait, so is it the Baron Corbin line? It is. It is. It is now the Corbin line. Dude, this is hilarious. Or, 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 the happy trail. Oh, I like how you worded that. So that's now the happy trail. All right. It's now the Baron Corbin line is the new lowest figure. Poor Baron. John Chenna, dog tags, hustle, loyalty, respect shirt, and hat. Last sold eBay listing, not available. There were no loose complete or mint on card. I couldn't pull anything. Weird. Really? I went onto eBay. I looked. There was nothing. Maybe he's all in the landfill with E.T. Atari cartridges. Ooh. We should do an episode on that on the Wrestling Figure podcast. (laughs) All about the E.T. Atari game? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Just pull facts about it. Oh, not to cut you off on eBay values, Jeff, but speaking of video games, I guess we should have mentioned this during the news. Apparently, the AEW console game is going to be available in September. Oh, is it? That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, word on the street. The AEW game is targeting September. Okay, are you getting it? I haven't bought 2K22 yet. It's on sale right now on the PlayStation Store, and I'm like, ugh, 45 bucks, but I just bought uh, the Show 22. I'm like, man, I d- one is going to get neglected, and I don't want it to be the Show, so maybe I wait and get 2K22 and the AEW game both in September when they come out. And okay. I can do a, maybe we could do an entire episode on compare and contrast. Okay. That'd be awesome, dude. I would love to do that. I will say this. People were playing 2K22 at the Access Superstore. Dude, the game looks really good. It looks like, you know, 2K was like, oh, <laughs> hey, wrestling fans are bad. But we're going to make up for it. It looked really good, dude. It really did. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've seen some gameplay on it. It does look good. Uh, they revamped the controls, which I'm not a big fan of. When you've okay. had essentially the same controls almost for the entirety of your 2K run. And then you just decide to completely tweak it for 22. Uh-huh. Uh, not a big fan of that. Just because you get used to the way it plays, right? So I don't know. I'm I'm totally on the fence on it. If I see it on sale for like 30 bucks, I'm probably going to pick it up. But super excited that an AEW game is coming out. So I want to read more about it. I want to see gameplay. Obviously, like I did for 2K22 before I buy it. But um, yeah, there you go. Video game update. Speaking of video games. Okay. And Kenny Omega was helping them along and he's a huge video game nerd. So Well, and he's been gone for a while. So you got to figure he's been putting some time in on that game. Or he's just rehabbing an injury. That could be. You know, well, better way to rehab an injury. Play video games and give some input. Moving along. Rhino Blue Smackdown tag title. Last sold eBay listing. March 1st for $15 on one bid. Shane McMahon, WrestleMania 32 look. Breakaway announcer table. Monitors. Last sold eBay listing. Also January 25th for $35 on 21 bids. Stephanie McMahon. Again, WrestleMania 32 look, mask, jacket, snarl. Last sold eBay listing, $14 for one bid. One thing I've noticed is that Stephanie McMahon figures really don't go for that much. No, they don't really appreciate in value, do they? Not one bit, dude. I'm kind of surprised by that. 
and Warlord with the half silver mash, the trident, like what Brick threw in Anchorman, <laughs> chest plate with chains, lassoed eBay listing February 9th for $26 on 26 bids. Wow. Okay. I can't believe that Shane McMahon was $35. Do you think that's low or high? I thought that's a little high, but it was his first figure back from that hiatus. So maybe there's something there. Yeah, I think so. And plus it's a good one for kids because they watched WrestleMania so they can have him face the Undertaker on the cage and throw him through the table. So that rounds out WWE Elite Series 50. Scott, we've got the listener segment up next. What you say? Let's go talk to him. And I just want to hear from my people. Tell me, can I hear from my people? I just want to hear from my people. And I just want to listen to the listeners. Before we get into the listener segment regarding the last segment, we do have a new line. It's the Baron Corbin line. As Scott said, the happy trail. So it's official. It is official. Ms. Dow was $8. Baron Corbin was $7.50. So guess what, Scott? We have a new line as the lowest elite figure that we have talked about so far. Someone let Baron Corbin know. I'm sure he'll be thrilled. <laughs> well, he's already happy. Well, that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, if he's got all this money, why didn't he up it on that figure? See, that's what I'd be doing. I'd be vanity searching my figures on eBay. Make sure they're <laughs> sell for a, a good a good amount. Scott, let's get into Justin Summers' question. Hello, Scott and Jeff. This is once again Justin Summers from Wrestling Cheers with my bi-weekly question. Before I get into that, though, I want to talk a little bit about my weekend last weekend. First and foremost, my birthday was on March 31st, and I wanted to do something special. I kind of end up planning my own type of things for my birthday. Last year, my now wife and I went on a VHS slash fig hunt going to a few toy stores and some flea markets. This year, I want to do something similar, but a little different. I've talked about it before. I love physical media and especially with vinyl. And some of the main physical media I've been buying has been Kiss. So the idea was to go on a vinyl hunt. I use an app called Disogs and it helped me find some record stores that I didn't necessarily know about. So the idea was to go look for vinyl, mainly looking for Kiss but also like exploring some new places. So we got up in the morning, went to my favorite breakfast spot, and that's called Shoney's. They have a really great breakfast buffet. So that was first off the list. And then went on our hunt. The first place we go to, and this is the main reason that I'm telling this story. Yes, I know you guys like Kiss, and I'll get to what I picked up. But the first place I went to was very unique. The only way I could describe it. It was a cross between a thrift store and a flea market. So it was in this particular building. I feel like it used to be a restaurant, kind of like how everything was divided up, like all these different kind of rooms. But a lot of stuff is set up through here, and it's not necessarily organized well. Like me going in there looking for vinyl, there was a section that had a lot of vinyl but there were places throughout it that had some spots of vinyl here and there. And kind of comparing it more to a flea market is because I did have uh, a guy explain it to me, a guy working there explained it to me that, you know, 
things are set up like booths, but nobody was there manning those booths. Instead, you have a regular kind of cash register where you check out. And on every item, there's some sort of price tag. It'll tell you the price and then have a booth number on it. So obviously they know who gets that money. So first thing I go to is I find the first part of vinyl flipping through it. They had Led Zeppelin's Untitled or Four, as I've always called it. But since we're here and we have no idea what's in here, we decided to walk around and just like scanning through stuff like what's going to pop out? What am I going to see? And I stumble upon an AEW Series 1 unmatched Britt Baker chase. Unfortunately, this was technically secondhand prices, but it was only $100. It being my birthday, or at least celebrating for my birthday. This was technically two days afterwards. And this is the only chase I'd been looking for or even wanting. It felt like fate. So I bought it. I don't know if me describing this place does it justice, but that's the only way I can describe it. And I'm so happy. I'm like the the rest of the day, I was just blown away that I found this in the wild. Well, wildish. I even went on eBay. I was like, what's the cheapest I can find it? 135, I think at that point was the cheapest. And I think that's right around the going rate for a lot of chase figures, or at least some of the more recent ones. So I was like, even if I wanted to flip it, I could make a little bit of money, but I'm not. Britt Baker is somebody who came to AIW really early in her career. And in 2016, which was like her end of her first year, beginning of her second, right around there, like she became a regular at AIW and I've been watching her ever since. I've always had good interactions with her. And now, got the chase. Now, how did my vinyl hunt go? I, well, I bought, it was more physical media, but I bought seven Kiss albums, including Self-Titled, Hotter Than Hell, Dressed to Kill, Rock and Roll Over, Alive 2, and the solo albums of Ace Freely and Paul Stanley. In my opinion, the best two of the four. I prefer Ace over Paul, though, but just by a little bit. Also picked up on CD, Love Gun, Unmasked, Alive One, and The Elder, as well as a Japanese version of Lick It Up. Also picked up some some movies and everything. Okay, I've been, I've been rambling on long enough. I just wanted to share the story because even when I found it, I text Jeff a picture and I just wanted to tell you, the Fig Life community, this story of my weekend. But on to my question, my long-awaited question you got three picks, and you are choosing three wrestlers who are no longer with us that you would like to have seen at a convention, but they completely missed the convention era. So I'm going to put that the wrestler had to have passed away before 2010. I mean, I'm cutting off some big ones, but at the same time, there are some that are notable names that missed out on all this. I'm not going to say like for this will be, this will be an honorable mention is Owen Hart. I would think he'd be killing the conventions, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go outside that. My picks are crush Bam Bam Bigelow in Yokozuna. I think they would kill it at WrestleCon. They would kill it at other conventions. And if at least crush and Bam Bam were still alive, they would be great to have at independent shows. I think Yoko would be too, but his size and traveling, I could see that where that could be an issue. But Bam Bam and Crush? Yeah. 
Another honorable mention too, Earthquake. I've rambled on long enough, so I'm going to cut it off here. Thank you for everything you guys do. You guys are awesome. I will catch you in two weeks. And once again, Jeff, happy birthday. Later. Justin, happy belated birthday. Thank you for the birthday wishes over here. Happy birthday to you as well. I was thinking about it when he was mentioning the vinyl record hunt. Scott, you need the four vinyl records just put up in your man cave. Just have them all. (laughs) Dude, I think that would look great up in your man cave, up in your room. That's a good point. I do have those vinyls in the garage too. Not as cool as a Sergeant Slaughter turnbuckle autographed. (laughs) Yes, I have that. But I still think that would look great up there. The four vinyls kind of side by side, just making one little square. That would be cool. That would be cool. And I got to applaud Justin's choices there. My only question is why not Creatures of the Night? That's the best Kiss album. You could argue Alive, but that's more of a greatest hits played live. What about Psycho Circus? Okay. What? Okay. What did I, I say? you thrown out of here once. I didn't say anything. I don't know why I have you on the show. You're ridiculous. <laughs> you will not be invited to my hair metal podcast, sir. Are you starting a hair metal podcast? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> no. I've got two and don't even have time for two. I can't <laughs> add a third to this schedule. Are you kidding me? Um, Great choice on the solo albums as well. I would agree with you. Actually, on all points, pass on Peter, pass on Gene. Ace is the best one. Paul's a close second. You nailed it. 100% nailed it. My only question again is why not Creatures of the Night? Uh, If I had to pick one of the covers, obviously it would be the first one that has Ace on it with the glowing eyes. I love that cover. So great choices. I applaud those. And congrats on the Britt Baker. That's awesome. You didn't, it doesn't sound like you got fleeced on it. And being a true fan of Britt, I'm glad she ended up in your hands, dude. That's great. Uh, Congratulations on the Britt Baker figure, dude. That's just to get a one of, but then you also get it at like a thrift store on your birthday. Congratulations on getting that. So here's a question on those exclusive figures, the one of X. Sure. Do you treat those like rookie cards and not get them signed? Or do you treat them like vintage figures like the Hasbros or the LJNs where you're afraid about like devaluing the figure with a signature? Do you get those signed? So I have all those one of 100s, the one of 20s. I refuse to get those signed. Oh, okay. So you're not going to get your Jack's exclusives signed. No, I've had a chance at getting Ric Flair signed. I've had a chance at getting Jimmy Hart signed. I've had a chance at getting, I haven't had a chance at Ray. Um, Terry Funk, Sonny. I haven't had a chance at Sonny or Terry Funk. So I'll just use the Ric Flair as an example. I've had a chance at getting the Ric Flair signed, but I refuse to. Okay. Personally. And I I go the other direction. Oh, do you? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Because I never part with my figures. So to me, that Ric Flair, as beautiful as it is, would look even better with pink paint on the front of it, with Ric Flair, 16-time, woo, on the front of it, in a hard case, up on my wall. Oh, would be beautiful. All right, all right. Would be beautiful. I would, in a second, get that figure signed. So actually, we're hanging out next Saturday, dude. Why don't we put up those four vinyls up on your wall? I don't know if I'm ready to decorate yet. I could tell you've been sitting in that room. That's just been bare for the past. <laughs> You're starting to sound like my wife, dude. It's taking your sweet time on over there. huh? <laughs> Shannon said the same thing. She said, you need to put stuff up in there. You do. I'm like, well, I want to put up the detolfs first. Like I've got my whole pile of figures here to the side, just waiting to be opened and put into a detolf. 
Which, by the way, we didn't even talk about that. Uh, Tim hit us up from uh, the Pulling Up a Chair podcast at A Chair Shot on Twitter. Let us know that Emeryville and I want to say Palo Alto, East Palo Alto, Ikea's got in Detolfs. <laughs> they went from in stock to very low stock within, what, an hour or two? Something like that, yeah. So Tim actually went to the East Palo Alto Ikea. They had two Detolfs left. One black, one white. That's it. Not even a matching set to get two of them. Yeah, I know. That escalated quickly, huh? To go back to Justin's questions, these things are like AEW one ofs. <laughs> well done. I like how you tied that back in. Bringing it back. <laughs> All right. To Justin's question. Three wrestlers that passed before the convention eras. So convention started up, you, what would you say, Scott? 2009? Our first Two th- one was 2005. 2005? Okay. That was our first one. Big Time Wrestling had the WrestleFest, or I think they called it WrestleFest. That was where I took the Virgil Bullet, and Brutus Beefcake was there. The Hart Foundation was there. That's when you got your tag title signed. Or that's when you got the picture with them uh, that you have inside of your signed tag title. Correct. So that's kind of where I'm marking my date, 2005. Okay, so who are your three people that you wish were still alive that would be in the convention era? So I'm going to agree with Justin on Bam Bam Bigelow. He and Vader are the two best big men of all time. Got Vader's signature, would love to have Bam Bam's. So I'm putting Bam Bam on my list. I'm putting Andre the Giant on my list. And I'm putting the great Junkyard Dog on my list. Oh, great call on that one. That's my list. And I think pretty much everybody gets a fourth pick. That would be the same for all of us. And that would, of course, be Owen Hart. Especially with that AEW figure coming out. If you could just have a time machine and go back in time. That would right. be amazing. But yeah, right. that's my three. Andre, Bam Bam, and Junkyard Dog. So my three. Road Warrior Hawk. Oh, good. Yes. Davy Boy Smith. Although technically you already have Hawk's autograph. Yes, but I would have a lot more stuff signed in the <laughs> okay. convention era, you know? I gotcha. Okay, okay. Davy Boy, I love that call too. Davy Boy Smith, just thinking about all the British Bulldog stuff I'd be getting signed, like the Mattel. Yes. I'd yes. be getting the Deluxe Classic, which is one of my favorite figures of all time. Also, Cella Toys. I'd, I'd just be getting a mess load of Davy Boy stuff signed. Gotcha. And my last one, this gentleman was alive during the convention era. But unfortunately, he come out to them due to his health, and that was Dynamite Kid. Yeah, you're right. So I guess that is kind of a catch because D- Justin did say pre-2010, but Dynamite couldn't have come if he wanted to. Right. So, okay. That's an asterisk, but I think it, it's a pass. And that's actually kind of a controversial one. Like, a lot of people would be like, oh, you know, that guy wasn't nice, and you're 100% correct. I've professed my love for the British Bulldogs, you know? Sure, and- yeah. You know, that's one of those, God, Dynamite Kid was such an asshole in person. But man, you loved watching the British Bulldog matches. You loved watching them together. You you grew up on it. And that's one of those you're like, yeah, he was an asshole. But man, I would love to have his autograph on something, you know? Agree. Agree. Because there's a body of work that you're appreciating there. And I, I agree with you, but there is one name, won't mention it, that I refuse to draw that line at that you were like, okay, in real life, he gets a pass or, you know, because of his body of work and that I'm not even going to say his name, but I, I see where you're going with that. And I agree with you on dynamite kid. 
Okay. Justin, thank you for the question. You know we love you over here, man. And check out his podcast. I'm going to mention it again. Because of Scott, I had to rush through everything last week. I was very, <laughs> I was very frazzled. I was in disarray. My hair, very, it was up in the air. It was very bad. You've had a sore throat for a month and a half. <laughs> the acoustics were horrible in the room. <laughs> well done, dude. <laughs> so because of me, Justin's going to get DP'd. Double plugged. Very good. Very good. I'm glad you went with that route. So check out Wrestling Cheers also for Justin's podcast. Justin, we love you, man. Scott, last question of the week comes in from Josh Thompson. Hey, Jeff and Scott, JT here back with that bi-weekly submission. No question this week is I just want to share with you guys my favorite Scott Hall figure that I have in light of us losing the bad guy. My favorite Scott Hall figure is the only Scott Hall figure that I have, which is his NWO Ringside Exclusive Elite. For those who don't remember this figure, this was the one where Hall was in his black and white NWO gear with the black vest. I have a real soft spot for this figure because it's one of the first ringside exclusive figures I've gotten and one of the first handful of figures I've gotten. I remember back in the early days of my wrestling figure fed, I had Hall and Nash, also a ringside exclusive, come into my federation. Hall's figure also played a big role in my Fig Fed's first Royal Rumble as he was number 30 in the Rumble and was the runner-up of my Fig Fed's first Royal Rumble. Well, who's the winner? Yeah, don't leave us hanging. Yeah, we need to know who the winner was. I mean, 30 guys. I mean, who was the who was the guy that won it? I'm going to guess Kevin Owens. I like that. I like that. I know not everyone is a fan of a re-release or remakes, but I do hope that if Mattel were to remake that figure, it would be in an Ultimate Elite 2-pack with Kevin Nash. Yes, boys, you heard that right. Ultimate Elite 2-pack. Hey, if Mattel can give us an arena through Mattel Creations, an Ultimate Edition 2-pack of Hollow Nash shouldn't be that hard. Jeff, that's not without reason, right? Because we did get two packs of Elites for a quick minute. They took those away. There was uh, Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio from WrestleMania. There's nothing saying that we can't get two packs of Ultimate Editions. And I think if you had to put all of your money on a set, that being two guys, Ultimate Edition form, that's guaranteed to sell out, Hall and Nash is a no-brainer. Yeah, I think Hogan and Macho Man is another no-brainer. Hogan and Warrior. You can't go wrong with those guys. Hall and Nash is an easy sell, especially with all of the NWO gear on them. Easy, easy sell. Yeah. Hall and Nash stuff always move, dude. Like, those guys are just beloved. And rightfully so. So you put Hall and Nash together on a two-pack, Ultimate Edition two-pack especially, that thing's going to move. I'd love to see it. And I said this on the Scott Hall uh, tribute show that we kind of did a couple of weeks ago. I still kick myself, and you were right, Scott. I should have listened to my older brother. I should have gotten that Hall and Nash two-pack signed. Jack's classic. That's okay, dude. It's okay. You've got a lot of good Scott Hall signatures in the collection, ones that you cherish, so that's okay. 100%. 100%. That rounds out the show. And before I get into Wrestling Toy Tracker... I'm going to say go check out Wrestling Cheers with Justin Summer, just so I don't forget him. Oh, he's getting TP'd. TP'd. Triple plugged. <laughs> uh, what's four plugged? <laughs> you don't want to know, dude. <laughs> that was a bad Saturday night. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never drink that much again. <laughs> so check out Justin at Wrestling Cheers. But we also want you to check out WrestlingToyTracker.com over there. You can check out the carded and loose prices 
of LJN's Gloobs, Hasbro's Just Toys Bendoms, Defining Moments, and Retros. Over there, you can find out the carded loose prices. If you are in the hunt for any of those figures, make sure you're getting the fair eBay value over there. Again, WrestlingToyTracker.com. All right, podcasting buddies. Breaker and Bane, of course, kicking off the segment with Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. They talk wrestling talk, movie talk. They've got a tournament going on over there, a Nickelodeon tournament. So over there, listen to Breaker and Bane's Power Hour and also Breaker Side Projects, TV Toycast, and you know it's fake, right? Also check out our good buddies doing the over at Doing the Favor. They're having a fun listen over there for their sports show, wrestling show. They've been on a little bit of a hiatus, but they have a good library to go back and listen to at doingthefavor.com. You can go over there. Steve and Eric over at Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. As of right now, Scott, there is no new show for them, so I don't know what they're doing. I think they're going to be doing King of the Ring 93. Ooh, the good show. Great show. Which I should have been on. I just reviewed that on here, right? Yes, you did. Yeah, I should have been on there. And considering Brett was the winner, I don't know any bigger Bret Hart fan. Yeah, exactly. Oh, spoiler. Sorry for those that haven't seen 1993 King of the Ring yet. Oh, I thought you were going to say spoiler for those people that didn't know Jeff was a Bret Hart fan. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. (laughs) Nobody would know that by looking at our original picture on iTunes, which was the Bret Hart cutout. I know. I'm so glad that's gone, dude. I although we're having trouble uploading the show on Podbean, but that's a whole different story. Anyways, that's, that's a different thing for a different anyway, time. Yeah, exactly. By the way, Brett's gonna be in San Jose signing autographs. You going? No, that's a pass for me. I've already got Brett. I'm good. You, on the other hand, are probably taking like three suitcases full of stuff for him to sign. Uh, let me see. I've, how many things do I have? Okay, I've got one, two, three. Okay, I think I no four. I've got four things for him to sign. Okay, what if you had a carded LJN? The single card, not the two-pack with Jim, but the single card Brett inside of a plastic case. Would you get that signed? Yes. Perfect. Good answer. Good answer. (laughs) Well done, dude. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. you. I appreciate that. Yes, I'm taking four things. I am getting the Deluxe Classic re-signed. Oh, so you're wiping off the existing and putting on because it's in Sharpie or what? Yep, exactly. And it's it's already starting to fade. Yeah, so that's the crappy part about uh, Sharpie pens, man. I know, I know, dude. I'm also going to be getting his Jack's Classic where he was in all pink. I'm going to be getting that re-signed. Okay. I have a Bret Hart poster I'm going to be getting signed. Nice. And the Ultimate Edition. Oh, excellent. Good move. So I have a lot of things to get signed, which is going to be a lot of money. And I will be biting the Bret Hart bullet on that one. <laughs> but worth it well worth every penny absolutely but anyways back to the ppw podcast they've got a fun retro show over there positively pro wrestling podcast check out the chick foley show as well as they reviewed wrestlemania on their last episode check out sashina and marco over at the chick foley show J- justin's getting fp'd <laughs> uh, you're on an island on this one dude i'm not helping you with this He's getting fully posabled on this one. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Check out Wrestling Cheers, where he discusses AIW wrestling. RJ is doing Reffing It Up with Brian Hebner. Also, he's got Ringside Rant as well, so check those out on iTunes. Rucker has Boot to the Face, with along with his tag team partner, Marty. Great guys over there with a fun show. 
Tim is pulling up a chair with the Fig Life community. And Scott, what you got with Drunk Wrestling History? Give us a follow on Twitter at Wrestling underscore Drunk. We didn't drop a show this past Friday because basically Eddie's still recovering from WrestleMania. It's understandable. So no show this past Friday. But you should go back and check out our Scott Hall tribute episode. Got a lot of positive comments on that one. A lot of people enjoyed it. Go check it out. Got a bunch of other shows you might enjoy as well. Because we're drunk wrestling history, we're not always accurate, but we're always drunk. Yeah, about that. You did so much research for that show. I did. You did a mess load of research. I got to commend you on that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, it was because, see, on drunk wrestling history, it's, it's wrestling history. It's what it says, right? So you want to have some history, some research on the person. For our show, we do a lot of research as well, but it more pertains to the wrestling figures. So so should we just rename the show Wrestling Figure History? <laughs> Probably not a good idea to rebrand yourself 320-something episodes in. Touche. Good point. Good point. Would not suggest. Zero out of ten. <laughs> Did you like the shirt I sent today, by the way? You sent a shirt? Yeah, in the group chat on our Fantasy Baseball League. Oh, crap. Did I miss it? It was the it was Abraham Lincoln, and it said one star, and it said Ford Theater would not recommend. <laughs> <laughs> I love that shirt. <laughs> Aside from that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? <laughs> My favorite dad joke. Oh, man. Marty and Sarah love wrestling, of course. Check them out on iTunes. And every single day, Ryan Buds does trivia. Buds, Scott, roll call. Of course, going to throw it out to Jason Wolf. Check out his website, doyledraws.com. That is D-O-Y-L-E draws.com. Commission some artwork. Get in touch with the man himself. Check out his custom chop shop where he's doing custom Hasbros. He does great work. You won't be disappointed. Doyledraws.com. And Jeff, I also want to throw it out to Big Bane or Big underscore Bane on Twitter. His Outsiders Beard Co. All of his great beard products he's got on over at that website outsidersbeardco.com so your beard hairs don't smell like your butt hairs buy some of his good stuff over there and jeff that rounds out roll call how do you know what your butt hairs smell like i'm just gonna guess that they don't smell pleasant one star (laughs) zero out of ten would not recommend my zero out of ten would not recommend smelling the tp after a wipe so i'm just gonna guess they smell awful you don't want your upstairs hairs smelling like your downstairs hairs. Get big underscore Bane's good stuff at outsidersbeardco.com. By the way, did he write that for you or did you just make that up? Just made it up. Dude, I, that's great, man. I love the uniqueness and the improv. Well done, dude. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. By the way, what's going on with the Mexican pizza? Uh, so I'm hearing May 19th. So I'm, I've already cleared my calendar <laughs> because that day I'm also going to be clearing my colon. <laughs> I'm gonna just I'm gonna try to break a world record if there is one of eating Mexican pizzas in an allotted time frame whatever Taco Bell offers that pizza because it's gonna be limited time of course because they're a-holes and they love to just break my heart with their menu all the time so it's gonna be limited but I'm gonna try to break some sort of world record so uh, pray for me wait it is gonna be limited again? of course yeah to- it's gonna yeah it's coming back May 19th Basically to last until like June 19th. What the hell? They're not going to bring it back full time. There was a whole thing with the packaging. I believe that they had to get rid of it because of the packaging. So if they do bring it back, it's got to be a limited time basis because unless they can figure out a permanent solution, that it's it's got to be a limited run. Yeah. 
I know it's it's breaking my heart, but dude, I'm not gonna complain because I'm getting that lovely beast back in my life, <laughs> and I'm gonna destroy it as many times as I can. I'm so happy. May nineteenth, it's gonna be a national holiday for me. Like I don't even care. I'm taking that day off work, and I'm just gonna keep going around the drive-through. I'm just gonna continually make a circle around Taco Bell. <laughs> I'm going to build up all the points in my app for a ton of free rewards. I could see you doing this too. I will do this. I'll even record it and send it to you. Oh man. What's that undertaker saying? Uh, Digging holes or something. (laughs) Yeah. Taking souls and digging holes or something. Yeah. Eating pizzas, digging holes, pooping in them, and then going right back in line. Right. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, if I man. could put an engine in a porta potty, <laughs> that would be my vehicle of choice for that day. Oh my god, I need a meme of that. <laughs> there's some there's some dude that there's some dude in the south that must have done that, right? I hope so. <laughs> or some... I hope so, because I would like to talk to this person about a lease. <laughs> oh, that's great. Alright, this show's going off the rails, but it's great. Alright, Scott, <laughs> for episode three hundred and twenty six, anything else? Stay safe, stay healthy, fig license 2016, and happy toy hunting. I want to thank everyone for listening to episode 326, hashtag fig life. Adios. Uh, yeah. Let's go. Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring. But we don't take it out the box, MOC. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week. We're the OGs of WFP. Fully poseable, thank you all for listening. It ain't no storyline, real life siblings. So everybody go and do your toy spotting. Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the kings.